Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Well, hello there and welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated with Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, serving you throughout the Kansas City metro area. Scott, great to be with you once again here on the show. How have you been, my friend? Wonderful. Uh, It's great to be back after a little holiday break refreshed and ready to go in 2020. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, this year. There's going to be so much happening in the news. Maybe fun's not the right word, but (laughs) there's going to be a lot in the news, being a political election year. Uh, Yeah, fun's definitely not the right word, but interesting. It's going to be an interesting year uh, with with so much going on, right? Yeah, to say the least, yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Fun is my default thing in life, so that's where I went for first, but we'll we'll, we'll backtrack to interesting on that commentary. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to our conversation on today's show, Scott, because, hey, right before the end of 2019, this thing that we'd been talking about quite a bit leading up toward the end of the year, all of a sudden passed and came to fruition. The SECURE Act that uh, we've been talking about had passed through the House. It has now passed through the Senate, kind of came out of nowhere. It was on December 19th. Congress passed the spending bill that includes some pretty I guess we would call it seismic changes to IRAs and retirement plans as a whole. And it's really going to be this thing, the SECURE Act, reshaping how IRAs are handled both during life and after death as well. And I think the big message from today's show, Scott, is going to be it's creating an enormous tax impact for families who don't plan ahead. And again, the update is it passed Congress. The president signed it into law. So the tax increase has gone into effect and it's going to hit successful savers. And it's not going to be really even them having to call it a tax increase. So this kind of snuck in around the back corner, at least as fast as it did, even though we talked earlier in 2019 that we we knew this was coming eventually. Right, Scott? We did. And and I wrote an article three years ago in Kiplinger's that talked about, you know, hey, there's a possibility of this happening. And it really stems from the idea or the premise that the federal government's appetite for revenue is probably not going to decrease over time. Um, it seems to have a tapeworm <laughs> because it just it just devours the revenue <laughs> that it pulls in. I like that image of uh, <laughs> the IRS as a tapeworm. Essentially. Uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> and so the when we, we think about taxation, interestingly enough, we're, we're in relatively historically low tax rates right now, you know, starting in 2018 through the end of 2025, we've got the lowest tax rates we've seen in decades. At the same time, we've effectively lowered tax rates, but the SECURE Act with a few of the little tidbits they put into it effectively raises revenue dramatically. And it's from the savings of retirees and pre-retirees in the form of their IRA, their 401k, 403b, 457, you name it, anything that's tax deferred is going to be targeted by some of these new rules. And so we want to get into those rules today and go through those and ultimately give you a briefing or an overview of the big changes. And rest assured, uh, I know we sent an uh, e-newsletter out about this right after it happened. I cannot remember a time in the last decade where I got more emails or phone calls about the SECURE Act and how it affects people. Uh, It was probably one of the most popular things that we've put out in probably 10 years. Wow. And so I think people are paying attention and people that are prudent 
uh, are looking at saying, all right, how does this change our situation? And more importantly, what do we need to do to protect ourselves and our loved ones from you know, what's been passed by the government? That's really interesting. And now I know that this is such a huge deal and it must be making so much noise with your clients and folks who are concerned about their retirement plans, because, as you mentioned, this is really impacting anything that's sort of a tax deferred saving strategy. And that makes up a huge portion of most people's retirement plans. That's why the impact is so large here. It is. And it the target that is on these tax deferred accounts, why is it a target? It's because as of last year, those accounts, those tax deferred savings vehicles accounted for about $23 trillion in the United States. $23 That's trillion. With a T, a capital T. Now, ironically, the national debt is now at $23 trillion as well. Uh, so that's just coincidental, uh, but that's very interesting that we've got a $23 trillion national debt, and uh, they've just targeted a $23 trillion pot of tax dollars uh, to help bring down some of those costs or really you know, add more revenue to the system. And so a couple of noticeable changes to IRAs and you know, tax-deferred accounts from the SECURE Act included the delay for taking your first required minimum distribution. It's also called an RMD. Earlier, so as of last year, when you reached the age of 70 and a half, uh, you, that was a trigger to start taking mandatory money from your IRA and either spending it or saving it, but no matter what, you had to pay taxes because they said, hey, we've, you've grown this tax deferred for all these years. And now you, if you haven't taken anything out, we're gonna start making you take it out because it goes into the system. And we call that a tax transition. And a tax transition is simply you take money out of the account and it's gotta go onto your tax return and there's gonna be a bill owed on that money. And so, the good that's a positive thing on the SECURE Act is that now we can delay that up to age 72. And why that's powerful for the folks that we're doing tax planning for, uh, that gives us an extra year and a half to do tax planning to help reduce future tax liabilities. So that was the big one. The biggest one, the, the seismic shift uh, is going to be the death of the stretch IRA. And the stretch IRA, a lot of you have heard us talk about this before, uh, is where a non-spouse beneficiary of an IRA, so previously they were able to take withdrawals from that deceased person's IRA over their lifetime. So if you think about the example of you know your son Johnny, it's your only child, uh, both mom and dad pass away, they leave a million dollars to Johnny. And now that he has that IRA, it's called a beneficiary IRA, Johnny is also required to take money out of that IRA. Just like when you reach 72 now, you've got to take money out. Well, if you're a non-spouse and you inherit an IRA, you also have to take money out. But if they're younger, that number is smaller. But it was a great thing because they could just turn on the spigot a little bit. A little bit of money would drip out. Johnny would pay taxes on that. He would save that money at somewhere else or spend it. But the bulk of those assets stayed intact inside of that tax-deferred wrapper. So he could stretch that 
account out over his lifetime and really uses the vehicle for his later years, you know, in retirement as an asset to supply income. So it was fantastic. Uh, so a lot of people, a lot of our clients, we had stretch IRAs set up for their kids or grandkids. A lot of trusts that are written out there have trust language that is called conduit language that allows the effect of having a stretch IRA. And so, but that is gone as of December 31st, 2019. So rest in peace, stretch IRA. And so the new rules are this. If you're a non-spouse beneficiary, that you receive that account, you now have inherited the IRA, and you have to empty that account out completely by 10-year mark. So it is flexible. You do not have to take one dime from that account. You could wait till the final, you know, nine months or nine years and 11 months, 11 and a half months and take it all out. But guess what? You're going to pay ordinary income tax on all that money. So an example of Johnny receiving a million dollar IRA and let's say over 10 years, average about 7%. Well, that is worth $2 million. And if Johnny waits to say, I'm just going to wait, I'm going to let that thing grow. And I'm going to take it out at the very last minute. Well, Johnny is going to make the IRS extremely happy. <laughs> very. Because at that time, uh, tax rates, if there were current rates today, he's going to pay 37% of every dollar he takes out to the federal government. Uh, if he is unlucky enough to live in the state of New York, he's going to pay 10% in state tax. And there, so in essence, let's round it up. Almost half of that IRA would go to Johnny. The other half would go to the IRS. So that is what we're dealing with right now. And so undoing and changing all of the stretch IRA plans, looking at trust documents to see if those need to be reworded to make sure that the beneficiaries receive, you know, have all the protection that they can to help minimize taxation. And because again, we always talk about, you know, we all owe our fair share of taxes, but we don't necessarily need to be overly patriotic uh, in our, our paying of taxes, you know, paying more than our fair share. It's really interesting to see all these changes come down the pike. And the, the stretch IRA is now just such a uh, it's like you went, went from, you know, a really big rubber band to a really tiny rubber band in terms of you know, the stretchability of that IRA. And, you know, having to disseminate that over 10 years is a totally different story than essentially a lifetime. Absolutely. And, and that's, this bill got passed and voted in with very little fanfare, mm -hmm. very almost zero resistance. It was a total bipartisan. I mean, I think there were the initial vote, there's only three people that didn't vote for it. So this shows you that yes, we're in a low tax rate environment, but they are very much focused on continuing to raise revenue. And the concern, and we don't, we can't predict the future, but what else is going to be in the crosshairs down the road? Right, and that's to be determined. Yeah, you know what what they do. So, moral of the story: if you have a stretch IRA set up, or if you have a trust uh, that has certain language of distribution of the IRA in there, you probably need to 
look at that again and work with your you know professionals your, your financial planner uh, your tax uh, attorney estate planning attorney to get those things straightened out now in our side we're already going through all of our current clients and we will be making the proper adjustments you know to their plans i know we're working hand in hand with some estate planning attorneys to make sure we thoroughly understand what needs to be changed if anything inside of their estate planning documents and so that's that is on the top of our radar it is our top priority uh, that we're focused on here at elevated retirement group and it's something that we work tirelessly to get done and put proper plans in place so that's a lot of the impacts to individuals but the secure act also had some big impacts for businesses as well right yeah for businesses there's quite a few but there's there's a top three and so kind of the big ones it, and really the secure act is meant to make it easier for individuals and businesses to save money for retirement which i applaud that you know that's a those are great things but most of our clients are in or very near retirement and they've already done what it takes to save they're more concerned with how do i make this money last how do i pay my fair share of taxes but not more and how do i make sure that you know you don't run out of money before you run out of life you know so those are the big things that our clients look at but from a business perspective um, it's going to increase access to what's called multiple employer plans or meps for small businesses so that'll help improve the quality of the providers uh, make the costs more affordable for small employers and reduce investment costs for participants because some of those plans now uh, they're not the greatest they're not efficient and they're costly because they're such small plans and there's inherent you know cost of those so if you lump those together and make it you know group access it looks it, it makes it easier uh, they're going to change the maximum service requirement restrictions uh, for employers so they can place uh, the, the place on employees to participate in 401ks and profit sharing and so currently the maximum restriction is at least one year with at least a thousand hours before you can participate the new law would allow all employees with three consecutive years with at least 500 hours in each to participate as well so it, it is widening or lowering the restrictions and making it easier for people to start putting money away in their 401k or retirement plan and then the final big one for businesses, um, it's moving the deadline for establishing a 401k and profit sharing plan to the uh, tax filing deadline. Uh, so instead of making it December 31st, they're going to make it to the end. So plus extension. So currently, again, you've got to get it by done by the 31st, uh, but now they're going to extend it to the filing deadline. So a little more time to get it done. And it's you're not racing and trying to beat the clock by the end of the year. It's kind of like you're funding your IRA or Roth IRA for the previous year. You can do that all the way up to April 15th. Uh, on the personal side. So it gives you some leeway, lets you figure out, hey, what did we make? How did it go? And should we establish this plan and, and defer some money? So those those are the top three uh, from a uh, from a business standpoint. Quick side note, is it a uh, is it a weird like form of OCD that I hate doing that, that I hate doing like uh, a contribution to 2019 here in 2020? Like I like to, it to be nice and clean and have all the contributions be in the calendar year. <laughs> I definitely understand it. And here's why they do it. Because some people get to the end and say, well, what is my taxable income? And 
what other levers can you pull to potentially reduce it? Yeah, yeah. And so you can kind of see what happened and have time after the fact to make moves. But I'm, I'm with you. We, we fund a 401k, and so we're Roth 401k, so we get all that done before the end of the year. So I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, though just to, I understand why they let you go to the, uh, to the tax deadline. It totally makes sense and is helpful to the saver. It's just more of a uh, personal, I just hate the uncleanliness of it not being a calendar year. <laughs> I don't know why. You, you are special, Walter. Special, special. Don't breed. let anybody tell you any different. That's right. Well, very cool. So all in all, your takeaway of the SECURE Act is an improvement uh, for retirement's sake overall because it has a lot of layers and moving pieces we've just covered some of the top ones but there's a lot of other things that changed in here as well but it comes with a couple of big risks for current retirees or those approaching retirement right now who kind of were maybe planning to utilize some things like the stretch ira and stuff like that yes and and so you know there are definitely other important changes that we'll discuss at a later time on today's podcast there's going to be a download that's included with this podcast that basically bullet points out the top 28 uh, changes uh, secure act so it's very easy to read i've already been booked to uh, do six secure act overview classes with our estate planning attorney uh, we'll be doing uh, educational classes for our clients and also for the general public so that schedule will be coming out here in the very new future as well once we make sure we've got a handle on all the intricate details of that you know but there are ways to help protect yourself or mitigate the effects of the secure act and so we're just going to cover a few of those on today's show and again you're going to get quite a bit more detail from us uh, via email. We'll send you stuff in the mail and have classes available. So the first one is the idea of using Roth conversions to reduce your traditional IRA balance. And you've heard me talk a lot about this. Uh, you know, one of the most effective strategies for reducing the devastation of the SECURE Act will be strategic Roth IRA conversions. And if you time those correctly, Roth IRA conversions allow you during your lifetime to convert portions of your IRA to a Roth IRA. Now, you are going to be required to pay taxes on the amount you convert each year. But taking advantage of the lower tax rates now allows you to move your IRA balance to the tax-free Roth IRA, thus avoiding the enormous withdrawal required during the 10-year rule for beneficiaries. And really what that does is it, it makes those a non-taxable event when you have that. And so if you visualize two buckets next to each other, one is your tax deferred bucket, which is your IRA or 401k. Next to that is the tax-free bucket as in the Roth and the Roth equivalents. It's simply taking money from the tax deferred bucket paying the taxes, breaking it out of jail, and getting it over to the Roth bucket, where that grows tax-free, it comes out tax-free. There's no required minimum distributions for that. And so there are a lot of great ways, reasons to do it. Now, it's not going to be right for everyone, you know, to do those things. But I can tell you in 2019, I did more Roth conversions than in my previous 18 years. Wow, that's significant. We, I mean, we did anything from $7,000. I've got some that are over $500,000 conversions, you know, for the year. So it's all over the map. So our clients get it. We talked a lot about this, you know, at the end of last year, they were ready. We brought people in and we did that. We're even, we're doing it again for this year. And so doing a Roth conversion 
may make sense because again, we're in the lowest tax rates that we've seen in a long time. Uh, I used to not be able to tell you when tax rates were going to go up. I can tell you that they are set to go back up January 1st, 2026, because that's when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires. So we go back to the 2017 rates, which are higher than where they are today. So if you think about it, if you're someone that put money away over the last two decades, well, tax rates were higher in the past. So think about this. You got a tax deduction when rates were higher. And we're thinking about strategically shifting those dollars from IRA to Roth in the lower tax rates. And you can get that transition done, get a lot of that cleaned up. And when they go back up, you're in a position where you know the money you take out from the Roth is going to be tax-free. So it's a pretty good situation for the person that it apply, that it really applies to their current situation. So it's a pretty uh, logical thing. You want to try and get money out of those IRAs, out of those accounts at the lowest tax impact to you overall as possible. And so this is one solution to make that happen. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. What about some other action steps people might be able to well, take? You may want to spend more money or give more money away. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that's, there's that there's all the adage, you know, if you shrink the amount, uh, that's how you uh, get a lower tax rate. So now this is not going to be true for everyone. You know, we work with quite a few folks who don't spend as much money as they can afford to. So with these changes to IRA taxation, there's actually more benefit now to spending more money during your life than to pass it on to heirs. Now that's assuming, you know, that you can afford to do it. We prefer that you, you know, enjoy your money rather than allowing the government to take a bigger chunk of it. And so a lot of our clients would consider paying for a family trip, you know, so you're creating memories rather than passing the money on to the Internal Revenue Service. Often heard the question, would you rather have the memory or the money? And thanks to the SECURE Act, the memory just got even more valuable uh, because the money would be taxed at a higher rate later on if you don't spend it. And why would it be taxed at a higher rate? Because most of the time, if you we're passing at a normal age and say we pass at 85. Well, what if we had children when you were 20 or your children are now 65? So what, what's happened, you know, or if even if they're 55, either they're going to inherit it at their peak earning years. So all that money gets stacked on top of their earnings or they're retired. That money is going onto their tax return, and they're past the time when they still have a mortgage deduction. They don't have kids in school. They're not paying, you know, contributing their four hundred one k. So they've lost all those levers, you know, to lower their taxation. So that that's why it may make sense for people to, you know, create memories. Um, you may want to consider gifting more money to your heirs who would use that to help, you know, help them now rather than later. So again, the inherited money will become less valuable than before. So, you know, maybe you should consider helping them today when it provides even more benefit if that works into your situation. Now, if you're 70 and a half, you can still do something called a, a qualified charitable distribution. Now, even though RMDs are now, you have to start taking those at 72, you can still do qualified charitable distributions at age 70 and a half. And so you can take your RMD or what would be considered your RMD, give that to a charity up to $100,000. And that basically 
wipes it off of your tax return and, and you don't have to itemize it to get that to happen. So if you're in a situation where you're, you're charitable and if you're of the age to do it, uh, you may want to contribute IRA funds directly to a charity uh, or something called a donor advised fund and then distribute it from there because you can neutralize that from your tax return and then just take the standard deduction and, and still get credit for that contribution. So many different little solutions that you can pull together, which is nice because we know everybody's going to have a different situation when they come in the door to meet with you and talk to you, Scott. And so it's nice that you can kind of reach into the tool belt and pull out a couple of different solutions for folks. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as we wrap it up, you know, we talked earlier about your estate plan, you know, even if you have a will, life insurance, you know, trust, these changes in the SECURE Act mean that you'll want to review those and possibly update it. Uh, That also includes your IRA beneficiaries. And so we want to talk through that. I can tell you that, you know, you're not going to like the words, but uh, the word life insurance uh, life insurance is going to be become more prominent with estate planning. It just is because of the tax ramifications and just the leverage that you can get uh, by taking a small portion, you know, one or two percent of your IRA value, putting it into a, you know a tax free death benefit via life insurance, and that money goes to pay the tab on the taxes of the IRA. If you still if you haven't got to convert it yet, uh, you may want to do that. So we are exploring that uh, with some of our clients that that is going to be appropriate with. It does two things for a lot of our clients. Uh, One, it provides tax planning for their heirs. Uh, Number two, depending on the structure of that uh, plan, we may be able to include a long-term care component uh, to that strategy, meaning if we've got a $400,000 death benefit that we're earmarked to pay taxes, but God forbid that you're still alive and you need long-term care coverage, the company, while you're alive, will give you part of that death benefit to use for long-term care. Now, if they give you a dollar for long-term care, they're going to reduce that death benefit by a dollar. But it's a nice way to do tax planning, provide a tax-free death benefit to clean up the money, and it's a backstop you may want to have it for long-term care. Now, I've also structured it where no matter what happens, if you use half of our long-term care, we just make it a bigger amount. So we're always going to have enough to convert you know, and pay the tax bill down the road, plus have a, a side bucket for long-term care costs. So moral of the story, a million different ways to structure it. But I can tell you from everything that we've been reading, that is going to be more prevalent and more important for a a wide swath of our clientele. So how hard is all this to implement, Scott, if somebody was relying on, let's just zero in on the, the stretch IRA as an example, and they were really planning on utilizing that tool in their plan. Now that's kind of blown up. Uh, how hard is it to kind of re-scramble and implement some of these other strategies and, and kind of still accomplish the same goals that, you know, that client might have had? Well, I, I think you bring up a good point. You said strategies. You know, we talked about several different things today. Um, you know, some are you know spending money, some are shifting money, some are you know planning to you know have a tax free benefit, you know, to wipe out the taxes at at your passing. If you're working with a professional that's competent, a they should already be 
looking at these things and talking to you about them. I know that's what we're doing with our clients behind the scenes. We're pulling all these things together. Uh, so I think the biggest step is to review your current situation, your desires and wishes, and see what is the best way to accomplish those goals. And it's probably going to be a combination of a lot of the things I talked about today, not just one of them. And so, you know, little hinges swing big doors. And so if we can do a combination of all these little things and stack them together, the impact can be large, you know, to the overall, overall big picture. So I would say it's complex. There are details uh, that you have to get into. You have to look forward to see, you know, do some estimation of what what things look like in the future. And after you do that, then it's simply putting these tools together and strategies together in a way that make the biggest impact for, for the client. Well, if you want to get in touch with Scott Dugan and talk about some of these changes, how they certainly are going to impact you, especially if you had thought about using the stretch IRA before, or if you're a business owner and you're kind of concerned about some of the changes that are coming down the pike and how you should adjust to them, how your retirement plan is impacted as well. We do encourage you to certainly reach out to Scott. If you've got any questions on the mind, you can do that by calling 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. And always online at listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com. And in the description of today's show. Uh, If you are listening on an app or on the website, you should see it in the description area. You'll see a link to that PDF document that Scott and the team at Elevated Retirement Group have put together for you. It goes over some of the things that we've talked about on today's show, the top three items to know for individuals about the SECURE Act, as well as the top three items to know for businesses. But then it goes into more details, all the little nuances. I think there's, uh, I'm counting them now, 28 bullet points in in this document, Scott. So you do a nice job of breaking down all the little uh, nuances and impacts from this secure act so do encourage anybody who's listening to today's podcast and uh, you want to get more information and get it in writing it's very nice to have that document well put together and might i say scott a very pretty pdf like you're just (laughs) your use of color is just fantastic just little splashes here and there (laughs) i wish i could take complete credit for that but all i did was send an email to our designer and said please make this pretty and it's magic it came back you've got a good one that's for sure so uh very nice document and helpful as well so look for that you'll see that the secure act pdf info uh for you in the description of today's show no matter where you're listening to it should be able to find it in the show notes or description section scott anything else or uh we fully covered this for today at least I, th- I think we've covered it. And then, like I said, look for additional guidance and information about the SECURE Act and more importantly, how to use the windows of opportunity that have been given to us to improve your plan and make it even more efficient. So again, reach out to us and watch out for information that's coming your way and look out for some live events where we'll walk through this in person and do a lot of question and answer uh, here in the very near future. Perfect. Thank you so much, Scott. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Walter. Talk to you soon. That's Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated.
Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.